All right, welcome back to the Abner Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Prey White. I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Yeah. And today we are going to be talking about the Monster Hunter Title 1 update that came out August 10th, 2022. So it's almost been a month. And uh, we were holding off doing this episode because we had a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! guests, as you guys saw. Two-time national champ, Hanzo Aguero. And then we had tj kinsley and then following that we had another new jersey new york uh, crew guy with nazar sarhan who is currently the second biggest episode of the podcast ever climbing up to number one to beat patrick hoban in which case he will come back so we've done a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh content in the last month and now we're slowly getting you know branching off doing a lot of other things too uh so i wanted to talk about this because i've had a lot of time to play with it now and when it first came out i wasn't really sure how i felt about this end game for Monster Hunter because this is something that they've never done before where you can like or as far as I remember I don't recall you ever being able to augment your armor in this kind of way this is very reminiscent of Monster Hunter Iceborne where you could augment your um Safi Jiva armor or yeah Safi Jiva weapons I should say you could put like specific skills into them but it, it was a roll system so you had to infuse materials from Safi Jiva into your weapon and it would get things like sharpness increase or attack up five or attack up four three two one defense up and then it would have the scary shit was when it would start having like Valkana's blessing or Ajnaf's blessing or Lunastra's blessing and those would give you the actual skill from that monster's armor where if you wore three pieces of the armor something that I wish they brought back to rise but if you wore like three pieces of Lunastra's armor your your stamina bar will go all the way across the screen. Like, it would just be maxed out at the start of a hunt. Um, so the weapons were able to have those abilities infused in them, which was really broken, as you can imagine. And now they've taken that and they stretched that idea even further and made it where you own all of your equipment, you can just augment it and gain additional skills, and it can get so out of hand. Um... So I'm really excited about it because now that I've had a lot of time to play with it, actually, this is one of the better end games from Moss Hunter. Some end games fizzle out and there's not much to do. Monster Hunter World, for example, the end game was just fighting the same like four Elder Dragons over and over and over again until you got hopefully one of the rare drops that let you augment your weapon. And that was literally the entire end game and there was nothing else. And then Iceborne gave us the Guiding Lands, which was amazing personally. Uh, but this, I think, is even better because it does so many things. For one, I'll just say this in Rise and, and uh, Sunbreak. I have not really played multiplayer too much. I've actually preferred to play solo for the most part in Rise and Sunbreak. And the only time I do play multiplayer is when I play with my friends, but I don't I don't play with randoms. So I used to play with randoms a lot more often back in the day, like in the other Monster games like World and definitely on the 3DS. But ever since Rise has come out, I've had a lot of bad experiences as far as just, one, there's no built-in voice chat so like if you're playing with randoms uh there's no communication whatsoever on the switch like i don't have these people's discourse i don't know who they are so when you join a random quest like you are completely mute to those people and they can't say anything to you so communication is lacking which is actually a big part of monster in my opinion like if you're playing a great sword you know how it is the monster goes to sleep and then some asshole comes over and attacks it. Like, I just wish that it was easier than me having to open up some kind of chat function and say, like, hey, he's going to sleep. Because that sometimes you can't even get to it fast enough. Like, let's be real. Um, yeah, and they're not, they're, sometimes they're, you know, they're not even looking at that section of the screen. That's or, also true, because it's not right even there if, in your face. Even if they do see it, they just don't care. And then, not that it matters too much, but if you can actually talk to somebody, you can call them an idiot. And yes. then, like, they have to deal with they have to deal with you he- hearing you, and then 
you know, sometimes maybe that won't matter either. But sometimes the fact that like they can be, get called an idiot will affect them. You know what I mean? Yes. They, no. They I mean, won't. I love calling people an idiot or a dickhead or an asshole. Like when they're playing, if you're just playing and you're being an ass, like some people, there was this one guy I was playing online last week. I told Kenny about this, but I'm gonna tell it on the podcast. I was playing online and there's this ability that you can equip to your armor called flinch free, what makes it where you can't be friendly fired. And so I have never experienced friendly fire in this entire time playing rise or sunbreak, which is over 700 hours because I'm always the person using the gun and in our little group, I'm the only person that actually uses the gun. Well, yeah. I got to experience what it was like to be shot by the gun when you do not have that ability jumped into the armor <laughs> flinch free. And when I tell you that it is one of the most frustrating things you can deal with, I got so annoyed during this one hunt that I legitimately stopped shooting and I stared at the guy who was shooting me in the back and I wanted to see if he was doing it on purpose. I was like, I wonder if he's going to like move his character in a way where he would be shooting me and the monster because he was always still shooting the monster so it was hard to prove so i completely like backed up and started shooting and i wanted to see if he would literally turn his reticle towards me and fire on me he did not but he could have also been so smart that he was like all right this guy's watching me now let me know but i got shot so much and it pissed me off and i was like holy shit man now i understand like why people keep talking about flinch free because i never got the hype about that skill like i don't i don't use it that much i use longsword and, and light bow gun longsword cannot be flinched outside of any of its attacks so i just live in this world where like i live in a bubble basically like i live in a mm -hmm. bubble where when i do use a melee weapon i can't be flinched because longsword is the only weapon that like it none of its attacks can be flinched out of it and it's a it's a weapon that's always attacking <laughs> so it's either attacking or it's going into a stance that counters and both of those things can't be flinched out of so it's really really broken and then the light bolt gun I'm, I'm the only guy usually using it in our group of friends so i'll also never get shot but uh yes Ooh. this new update and encourages you to play multiplayer because they have these things called anomaly investigations and it's so layered in how it works so first off there's levels one to a hundred for anomaly quests and then the anomaly quests drop different rewards that are specific to like this this tree of monsters only drops scales this tree of monsters only drops horns this tree of monsters only drops hard bones this tree of monsters only drops blood so you need to do a specific set of monsters to get the materials you need. On top of that, there's this new thing called Amber Essence that allows you to augment your armor, which is the most crucial thing that you get from these hunts. And you get three different kinds of it. So there's regular Amber Essence, there's Amber Essence Plus, and there's Prime Amber Essence. And they're all worth different amounts uh, when you're augmenting your weapon or your, uh, your, your, your equipment. Armor. Yeah, there's all different points related to it. So it's like 10, 20, and then I believe 40 is the highest right now. And then different armors require different amounts of Amber Essence to actually augment them. Long story short, you need a shit ton of Amber Essence in order to play the game now. And you're going yes. to want to augment all five pieces of your armor from the helmet down to the legs and get five additional skills or more, because it can get that bad, at the cost of usually just some defense. It's so good. Like, it is such a good system, and it has made so many sets a hundred times more efficient now. Like, the efficiency yeah. is out of the window. Just as an example, uh, Teostra's helmet gives Crit Eye 3 and Crit Boost 1. With three, level one, three level 1 slots. So, uh, especially after now that I've figured out more about how things get allocated, basically, if you want to, you can get skills, you can get defense, you can get resistances, you can get slots. The way it works is it tries to fill up all of your slots, and if you have all the slots filled up, it goes back to the front, and it'll try to fill that up until it hits level four, and then over and over and over. So if you have like, if you have like a 4-1-1, one, one, 
then if you if you roll a slot, it'll go to the first one slot and make it a two slot, for example. Yeah. So so anyway, the point is, Teostra's helmet has three crit eye, a crit boost, and three level one slots. So I was able to roll a crit boost on it, so it already gets an extra crit boost, so now it's three crit eye, two crit boost, and a slot. So now it's three crit eye, two crit boost, <laughs> and a level two slot. And so it's like, it got so much better because it gained essentially two level two skills which yeah. is like the most important skills uh especially for melee weapons and it's just insane yeah i was showing kenny this one piece of armor i wish i could find it in our chat it was so outrageously efficient it's it's some art like it's basil goose's arms but i rolled like some crack one. I think, okay, I think I found it. I have guard up, guard, two agitator, one focus, one crit boost, and two level two slots on these. Kenny was like, what the fuck? Because Those my, arms are fucking insane. My roll was plus crit boost, plus focus. And, and it already has two level two. It didn't lose anything. So right now, by itself, before I do anything to it, it has six level two or more efficiency skills like level six skills that required level two slots and then two level two slots on top of that so this is the most efficient piece of equipment that i own in the game like there's nothing more efficient than this that i own and i'm just like this has to be a god roll but i'm like what the like it's so insane the system is so fun because everyone gets different stuff like you pretty much you pretty much won't see someone with the exact same roles as you and i also like i didn't realize this at first but before this came out, before this augmenting your armor thing came out, there was a huge incentive to like get a god talisman and like try to get a good meld and all this other stuff. And melding was really pretty much the end game uh, when yeah. they sunbreak. After this, though, you actually don't need god talismans anymore because of just there's only so much you can put into your armor, and then the rest of it is just going to be bullshit skills like free meal, defiance, speed sharpening, stuff like that. So I'm having sets now that speedrunners use and have used to get some crazy clear times. Like my sets look like those, and I have not a god talisman, but the talisman that's most used for me is just attack boost three, a level two and two level one slots. That's like yeah. used in like 90% of every time I use the armor set search and put in like what I want. That is the talisman that comes up the absolute most. And then I have one other talisman. It's like two attack boost, two evade extender, two one one. And that one is also really good. So it trades one level of attack boost for two levels of evade extender. So I typically use one of those two. Um, and that's pretty, and like those aren't even God talismans. Those are just actually like, regular talismans honestly because i've gotten multiple attack boost three i got attack boost three or like a level four slot i've got attack boost three a two and a one so i have a bunch of these like talismans i have a crit boost crit no crit i three with a two and a one so it's not that crazy when i look at like people who play and post their speed runs and they're playing on pc they always have three attack boosts two weakness exploit three one one and so those are god talismans when you have two skills on the talisman like two ridiculous skills and maxed out slots so i don't even have a god talisman but like now i don't need it because with the five extra skills i get in my armor i'm reaching usually yes five minimum i'm reaching like everything that i could ever want in my long sword sets the light bow gun has been pushed to all fucking hell it is now back to being the god weapon of the game it is so ridiculous how fast the, the kill times on light bow gun right now are so dumb like people are killing uh what's it called lucid nargakuga 
in 70 under 70 seconds like it's bad it's really bad it's so absurd just how good they've pushed it's also because so another thing i guess we should talk about because i've been saying how this encourages multiplayer this is a good in-game system but the other thing that we should talk about is like what actually did we get in this update right so we got four new monsters we got gold and silver so gold Raytheon, silver rathalos we got seething basil goose and then we also got loose and Argakuga. And I actually like night one when the update came out. I like how it all happens. You kind of start off, you fight Seeking Basic Goose. He's pretty much a pushover because he has this new mechanic where he topples and he takes a ton of damage. So if you have an ice weapon, he just like folds. And I had this ice light bow gun. So he just folds real easy. But then you beat him and then you unlock gold. And gold is where it's like, okay, this is kind of real. Like she's she's ridiculous. Like not only is the fight epic, like this is a really epic fucking fight, but then fighting it in that special arena looks really cool like it's it, it just looks really nice the way they did it her graphics look really cool her new attacks and everything i really like those fights she's she was a really fun fight i um i definitely i think she fainted me once and then silver rathos fainted me twice i was like these guys are almost gonna fuck these guys are fucking me up right yeah, now no, they're real they're very real and i i like the way she's more grounded and he's very very aerial which is what he's supposed oh. to be there was a point when i fought him and he was just in the air shoot, shooting shit yeah. for a solid 60 seconds. Like, he was just in the air flying <laughs> around, just shooting fireballs down. I was like, is he going to stop? Yeah, and their speed, so Silver Rathalos in particular, his airspeed is scary. Like, he doesn't do the Jakaris move anymore where he kind of flies by and shoots fire out, which I think is a lovely move from regular Rathalos. He doesn't do that move, but what he does do is he does this thing where he kind of zips through the air and then tail slaps. And it does a lot of damage. And after he tail slaps, he then does fire like really quick the other way. So it's like a two pronged attack. And there's just a lot. You get a reference right there. There's just a lot going on with how I like uh, I like the gold Raytheon where she shoots like two or three fireballs and then she does like a mean tail tail spin. Yeah, like a double tail spin with her poison tail. Then I think she shoots another. She does at the end of it. Yeah, Silver Rathalos does one where he starts shooting down the fire into the ground and it starts exploding in pillars. Yeah. It yeah, looks yeah. nuts. The first time I saw that, cause I was like, Oh, well, that fireball is not going to hit me. And he was like, well, I wasn't aiming for you. And <laughs> it was just such an anime moment. It was like such a hell zone grenade moment. Like he just shot a fireball and I saw the trajectory of the fireball. So I didn't move. And then I started seeing eruptions in the ground coming towards me. I was like, Holy shit. So <laughs> I, I really, really like what they did with those. And then Lucent is amazing. Like, it's really cool because with uh, Camellio, sometimes these monsters in previous games, they would go invisible, but not actually. And this time they legitimately, they're not visible to your eyes. Like no, Camellios, when Camellios goes invisible in this game, and th this is the first game where I really feel like this, when he goes invisible, you legitimately can't see him and he moves fast as fuck out the way. He moves, he does, I I'm sorry. Because he doesn't move that fast normally. He, like, he legitimately uses instant transmission. It's really like, weird. He goes, he goes invisible, and then he's on the other side of the map. And you're like, what the fuck? Have you ever seen it? Because you know if you break his horn, it fucks up his invisibility. And yeah. when you actually see what's happening, it's kind of crazy the way it looks. Because he shoots, out, he shoots out the fog to fog the area up. And then, so you can still see him because he's kind of glitching once you break the horn. But he flies up into the air and then he moves to a spot and lands really fast it looks stupid yeah. 
Like it's actually crazy, and it makes sense that we always lose track of him because he he kind of just does like a arch. He goes up, he goes left, he comes down, and so he ends up usually behind you when he does that. But the point is that he is completely invisible when he does it. Now, Lusa Nargakugo, on the other hand, uh, you can see his red eyes if he goes invisible while he's enraged. And I think that's like a nice touch. It's just a really really cool touch. Yeah, but he moves so fast where you can still lose track of him. Oh, easy. It's like. It's like trying to track, like, a bumblebee or a fly. Yeah. Like, you can see it, but then, like, you kind of just lose track of it. And that's what happens to Lucent. Now, if you get a good, if you, like, have him lined up, like, you'll be able to follow him. But it's really cool because, like, when that initial go invisible, like, you, he can just be gone. And you're like, all right, where the fuck is he? And you're looking for the red eye. And uh, he ends up doing some really, really cool moves. I they think... gave him some cool-ass moves, like... The fucking, the purple rain is insane. I think that is the coolest <laughs> attack in the game. Also didn't know that it would come down three times. <laughs> he does this thing where he puts poison spikes on his tail. I don't even know how he does it. But poison enters his tail and then he shoots spikes up in the air. And then they start raining down in a circle around him. And then they progressively rain outwards as they go. Yep. And he can do different versions of that attack. He can do a straight line of it where it's kind of diagonal. And it does the exact same thing where the, you see them rain down and they start expanding. His attacks are extremely cool. He also has the one where it goes completely silent. Yeah. And then you just see him invisible and his eyes are moving around the red eyes and they have like the laser effect where there's kind of like a after image. He jumps around you and all you can hear is like these light footsteps. It reminds me of Killua's move um, where he does that shadow walk thing before he kills people. He does that kind of move. And then he does a fucking backflip. And slams his tail into the ground. His tail, as you know, is his strongest asset. And it also is extremely long. And when it slams down, it usually fires spikes in every direction. It's so epic. Dude, the way he does the backflip, too, is so anime. I had a, a fight where I was fighting. I was playing with randoms online. We're fighting Lucent. And we're pretty much destroying them. We're knocking them down, fucking them up, putting them to sleep. But he's getting destroyed. And then he fucking... Does a tail slam and kills a guy, and then he does the double tail slam and kills the other one. Then he goes <laughs> oh invisible God. and he pounces around and he does the backflip and kills the other guy. I was like, "What the fuck just oh, happened?" Man. He took he did double t- like boom dead boom dead, and then he like pounces around, does a double backflip and kills the other one. I was like, "What just happened?" And we were murdering him the whole fight, and then he said, "No, you're not," and killed three people in like. Less than 30 seconds. I mean, I love to hear it. He absolutely decided to end the quest. I love when, uh, I don't know, I just have a thing for when, like, quests get ended in the most ignorant of ways like that. Like, that always gets me when you're winning the entire quest, and out of nowhere, the monster's like, all right, I've had enough. Yep. He hit me with, I had enough. I was like, God, God damn it. Yeah, I really like all four of the new monsters. And I guess to get back a little bit to what we were saying about like encouraging multiplayer. So again, I used to be a recluse pretty much when it comes to this monster in the game because Kenny knows and my friends know I can kill monsters really fast by myself. Like I'm very, very efficient. And unless I'm hunting with somebody else who's like good, aka my friends, like literally, I guess my two favorite people to hunt with is either Kenny or my friend Ty because they just understand they they usually both of them play like two or three weapons but, but they play them so much and well enough where I don't feel like I'm losing efficiency by hunting with them whereas like when I play with other people or try to do play with randoms online it just 
I just see the randoms doing shit that annoys me. Like, they either take way too long to get to the monster, or when they do get to the monster, they do things where they run away so far to heal. I hate this in general. I hate when people run away from the monster to heal. You actually do not have to run out the fucking area to heal yourself. That is just such an asshole thing to do because you drag the monster with you, and then now everyone has to reposition themselves. So if one guy out of four runs out of the area, the monster may track them and run out of the area too. And it's just a whole thing that people don't understand that you can heal right next to the monster is probably the safest place to be. But it like, must, you know what it might be? I mean, I know that it's not this. I know that it's not this. But I'm going to throw out an idea of what it might be, even though it's not. In the old Monster Hunter games, you couldn't move while healing, like drinking a potion. True. So you like you, you have, have to like the, yeah. run out of the area to drink the potion. Because yeah, you have to stand still and then, fucking, and then pose afterwards. Yeah, um, it could be that, honestly. like, And maybe if, it's like super old school players that are still used to that. You if know, people know. came from one of those Monster Hunter games and jumped into Rise, Sunbreak, and didn't do World at Rise Point at all, then true. That is how they're used to healing, because that was how you yeah. healed. You would run far away and drink your Mega Potion, because if you did it any other place, that animation where you have to do the Superman pose or whatever would just screw you over. So that could be a possibility. I'll give them that bail sometimes, but... At this point, it's just so frustrating when people run away from the monster or just like do things that make the monster act erratic. Yeah. And they don't really. I think when you get far enough in the game, though, like where we're at, like we're at Anomaly Rank 100, which is basically like you are at the end of the end game for at least for this title update. There's still a lot of grinding to do. But like if you make it there at that point, like you like you got to know that you can drink a potion while walking. I agree. Also, the other thing I want to say is that, uh, and I have this on in my notes. I, in the first two weeks of this coming out, so let's say from August 10th, the day it came out, until August 27th, or August, like August 24th, or whatever, 14 days after. In those two weeks, I was playing online a lot, because again, you're incentivized to play online now, because another thing that they released with the system was, Bahari the Scientist, he gives you specific monsters that if you hunt them and anomaly versions, you get these coins, and these coins can be traded for anything, like any high-level material. So all the mantles now you can trade for, all the monsters rare drops, like a Magnamalo Glare Eye from Scorn Magnamalo, uh, Mantle of Origin from, you know, Narwa, you can trade for these things now. And this is not some crazy thing either. This was in, like, every other monster in the game, so when people were complaining about it, I was like, I don't know why people are complaining about the fact that you can trade something for a high drop when in monster hunter one you could talk to the veggie uh what is it called the veggie elder veggie. or something like that elder, yeah. you could talk to the veggie elder and trade a golden ticket to get a rathian ruby or rathalos ruby or whatever you need it so i'm not new to this and it's very common in fact i was surprised that it didn't exist in Rise and Sunbreak when they first came out because it's always existed in the other games. So to yeah. me, this is this is nothing special. But these coins, granted, I have not used them for a single thing yet. I have like so many of them. Me neither. I haven't used them yet because I'm still just one of those people that I hoard things. And even in the old Monster games, it was very rare for me to actually use the golden tickets to get a ruby. Uh, if you looked at my box on my PlayStation 2 or PSP, you would just find like 70 gold tickets unused because I just naturally hoard them. I'll keep fighting the monster over and over until I get the ruby. That's just how I am. But it doesn't, I don't look down on people who actually trade a ticket for what they need. And I, I'm glad that that system is there because it's just something else to do. It incentivizes you to do a specific monster. So it'll be like, oh, right now for the next four quests, kill level 71 or higher Nargakuga. And if you do that, you will start building up uh, points for 
this thing where he'll give you like a hundred points. He'll give you a hundred coins. Yeah. And you can use the coins to buy, like you said, the mantles. You can always use them to buy like the shit amber essence. Yes. Um, I hope, I don't know if they will. I hope his like inventory gets upgraded later and like maybe just has like some more things. Cause at the moment, I guess if like, I really, really just didn't feel like fighting a monster, I would use it, but I don't, see anything I would even really buy Same. with the coins. He doesn't have a single thing that incentivizes me to trade in coins, so I'm hoping that maybe they'll do something that incentivizes us to use them. You know what I love, though? This game, this update, and in general, I just think this, this series of games, Rise to Sunbreak to Title One Update, has found a way to incentivize so many things that just weren't before. Like, you did not have to, I would argue, you did not have to play online at all and rise mm-hmm. like rise you just didn't need to play online the game was so easy it was so outrageously easy that you just didn't need to do a lot of things and in this game they've incentivized you to play multiplayer because if i need to fight a level 71 nagakuga i might not own a level might 71 not have that quest. Yeah. yeah i might not have it so what you can do is you can set the criteria to be like nagakuga level 71 or higher and then join a quest which is so good um and in those first two weeks, going back to my like original, original, original point, in those first two weeks, the caliber of players that I encountered online when I was playing random quests was so high. Like it, it kind of started to freak me out that I, I did all these quests. There were no deaths. There was like nobody running away from the monster too far. Everyone had these highly efficient sets when I because I check people's sets when I'm in multiplayer, like after the quest is over. I just I look at everyone's sets to see if like, oh, maybe something I didn't see, maybe something interesting. I look at everyone's sets. I would see people running the exact same guns as, as me, like shooting right beside me, which is insane. Cause usually for some strange reason, despite the light bow gun being such a great weapon, like sometimes you'll go online and you just won't see people using the same gun or like the same setups. And, it, and that's always strange to me, but like, I've been seeing a lot of the same setups. Now I've been seeing like really, really in game stuff, scorn Magnum, Allo, great sword, uh, gold Rathian's long sword, like all the good stuff. And it's made me like multiplayer, with randoms and i just hated it before so they found a way to convert somebody who was staunch on ever playing with randoms like i just i refused i had no reason to do it i could do everything on my own and it sucks because not it sucks but like it's it's getting to the point where now i've gotten so many level 100 quests locked that i don't really need the randoms as much anymore but i find myself still playing with randoms because i kind of enjoy it sometimes like it's a change of pace when i don't want to see how fast i can kill a monster i just kind of join a quest with a bunch of randoms and and do that. And I, yeah. I really like that they found a way to incentivize it. It's really cool. I like looking for really cool kind of quest. The fact so this anomaly system at the end, the other thing is that it just has a bunch of random quests with different monsters in it in situations that you couldn't have in the base game. So, for example, you could have like a quest that's like Garen Golm. I don't fucking know. Like just something random. Like I have a mm. quest that's that's Rathalos and Malzino in one quest. And I don't think that like that exists in the base game and then it's at the Citadel. And that's a cool quest. It's just like a cool You know what else is cool? Quest condition. I, I like looking for like I wanna find I I I even though it's stupid, I wanna have like Arzros and Apex Arzros has a quest. I did find Garen Golm, Arzros and Apex Arzros. I was like, I guess that counts. Garen Golm's like a big ass yeah. Arzros. You know what's cool though? I like that you can find monsters in areas that they were not before. Yeah. So Silver Rathalos and Gold Rathian are only in the Forlorn Arena uh, when you first unlock them and pretty much in regular Master Rank. But with the Anomaly Investigations, they are now 
in the shrine ruins in the desert and shit like that. And it's really, really cool to me. I fought a Malzino in the shrine ruins the other day and I was kind of freaking out. I was staring at the screen and as we were yeah. fighting it, I kept saying to myself, why does something about this seem off? Like yep. we ended up in that area where it's kind of like a hallway. It kind of divides the map. So if you know what I'm talking about, it's this area where there's like, I want to say houses on the side. Mm-hmm. Think about that episode of Demon Slayer when Doc, Doc, uh, Doki destroys, like she kills all those people and destroys all. It looks exactly like that on one side. And then on the other side is like mountains. And Malzino was walking down that hallway and I was staring at it like, why do I not recall ever fighting him here? And then I realized it's because you literally have not. Yeah, it's really fucking cool. Like shit like that is so awesome to me. Just seeing monsters where they're not supposed to be, fighting them in these different situations is it's just really fucking fun. Yeah, I'm I thought to remember one that I in the did. forest. The flooded yeah, forest is yeah, a Garangolm. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, Garangolm has never been outside of the Citadel like ever. Yeah, that's awesome. Like shit like that is just awesome. I remember fighting I had a hunt where I had a hunt I with seething basil geese somewhere random, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "See what's <laughs> here?" It's like the fuck is he doing here? Yeah, that's really um, cool. And then I have other cool hunts like, like afflicted tiger X, like level one hundred afflicted tiger X with Diablos, and like that's just cool to me. Like it's those are two big beefy ass monsters. I like having to fight both of them at the same time. I like that. I got a quest with Rathalos and Silver Rathalos, and it's at like level eighty right now. And I need to. I, I'm not deleting it. I need to level it up. I just haven't yeah. taken the time to do so, but I want to get that level 100 because I think it's just such a cool thing to have Anomaly, Rathalos, and then Silver Rathalos. All you, to make it perfect, you just got to add... Well, he's not in the game. That's yet, what, he's not Apex, there at, Apex Rathalos on there. The other thing that's really cool is that Silver Rathalos and Gold Raytheon are so... They're actually a lot harder in Anomaly Quest because you're not guaranteed to have a full Spirit Bird thing. Yep. When you fight Gold Rathal- I mean Gold Raytheon and Silver Rathalos, you fight them in the Four Lone Arena, which gives you the full Spirit Bird buff, like when you fight Narwa and shit. Um, but unless you go hunt down all the Spirit Birds, when you fight Gold Rathal- or Gold Raytheon or Silver Rathalos in a normal quest, you're unless you go around and get all the Spirit Birds, you're not guaranteed to have a full Spirit Bird buff. Uh, yeah. And so they're just legitimately harder because you have less HP, less defense, less damage. Yeah, this is true. I actually really like that you mentioned that. I I actually think that for those monsters, those three outside of Seething, that we shouldn't even have gotten that Spirit Bird. I don't think it's necessary. I agree. I think that I it kind of makes the hunt a little too easy, in my opinion. Like, they're neither of the four, if I'm being completely honest, at our skill level are difficult. Like, they're just not difficult monsters. And so I think that the part of the reason, it's not the only reason, but part of the reason why they're not difficult is because you get a full HP bar, a full stamina bar, and all your stats maxed out. Yeah. And I think that that should be reserved for specifically Elder Dragons, like the crazy Elder Dragons, like Black Dragons and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like Narwhal, the All Mother, things like I think that it should be for that because if you want to be honest, I think Scorned Magnamalo is a harder monster than all four of the new monsters that came out by far. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think he's harder too, but I'm not sure if I think he's harder because when I fight him, I have half health. You know what I mean? Like, like when I fight Scorned Magnamalo, I have half the fucking health I have when I fight Gold Raytheon. Yeah, and I, I I think that uh. Scorned has in general more one hit KOs than any other monster in the game. If you get hit by any of his tail lasers, they kill you. If you get hit by the thing where he charges up this purple energy and it looks so cool, he, he kind of puts his hand on the ground and then slams it across and it sh- creates a shockwave that kills you. If you get hit by when he powers up in red mode and he does the three tail whips and then he does the one that clears the area, it kills you. If you get caught by his dive bomb, it kills you. 
So, like, he has a lot of moves that literally just take you out the game immediately. Like, I remember me and Kenny were fighting him. And he does this one move where he kind of just, like, he, like, juts forward. He just kind of fucking, like, headbutts you. It, it's so random. I don't even know. Like, it, he just kind of jerks forward real hard. Like, he just does it. And it fucking, it takes you out the game, though. It does. <laughs> it just it takes you out the does. game. We were playing together. He was like, what the fuck? So he just kills you. Yeah, because it killed That's That's another funny thing. Is like, I remember it killed me, and I was like, I don't even know. I, was, I don't know what hit me. Like, I, I, was don't like, know. I think he just did like a headbutt. <laughs> like, he just headbutted you. <laughs> but he has a lot of kills. Whereas, like, Silver Rathalos and Gold Raytheon, their kill moves are hard to get hit by. They're, they're very, the wind up on them is so long. Like, Silver yeah. Rathalos has this really epic attack where he flies in the air, he starts shooting down blue meteors. And they stick to the ground, but they come at you so slow that to yeah, me, yeah. there's really no risk of getting hit by any of them. Then at the end of it, he shoots one big one and it explodes. And even that, the time it takes for it to explode is really, really slow. So I no one ever gets moves hit by like it. that. Moves like that, I legit, the only way to dodge them should be like a counter or a Superman dive. Yep. Like the, the explosion should be the arena. I love, and you I love the Superman dive or like do a counter. Make and then even that, he's still weapon. in the air. So like the counter wouldn't even hit him, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? But I would yeah. like that. I would like if they were more ridiculous, the point you had to do specific things. Like you needed to wire bug in the air. For example, let's take Narwa, the all mother, certain attacks that she does. You have to get to a higher ground to dodge it. You mm-hmm. cannot dodge this attack in any other way. Like when that purple ring comes out, if you're on the ground, you're just getting hit by it and you'll probably die. If you don't die from the actual attack, it confuses you every time. So I like stuff like yeah. that that forces you to use the wire bug because I feel like at this point in the game, if you don't know how to use the wire bug properly, you just should not even be. And there's the wire hang, which I feel like is other than using it for mobility is like severely underused. Yeah. So it would be cool if there was like a big ass explosion. And if you were high enough in the air, like far enough away, because even if you were high in the air, but close to it, you would still get hit. But if you're like far enough away and high enough in the air, you wouldn't get hit by it. So you could like wire bug up and then like wire hang for a second. Yes. For the explosion to dissipate and then like jump then like jump over. That would be know. really, really cool. Uh one of the other really, really awesome things that they did with this update is there's a lot of new armor skills that did not exist before. And yeah. it has changed the meta as it should, because every single update in Iceborne and World changed the meta. So the sets that I have now, unfortunately, are all gonna get redone at the end of September when we get title update two. And it's crazy that we're getting so many title updates. I love that. Uh, but at the end of this month, we're getting another title update, and it's going to shake up the meta again. But this one already did. So Silver Rathalos is probably the biggest boon that came out of this title update, where he has this skill that has never been a monster before called Element Exploit. And it makes it where if a monster has a hit zone value of 20 or more for element on any part, you do 10% more damage at level 1 for your elemental damage. It is a huge increased elemental damage. So every weapon that has... An elemental, like, if it's strong with elements, aka dual blades, light bow gun, long sword, insect glaive, sword and shield, uh, charge blade, oh my god, charge blade. Like, all of those weapons got a huge buff this patch because element in general has gotten buffed. Not to mention that all you have to do is wear Silver Rathalos' chest to get element exploit. And then it also has amazing slots. On top of it having... Mm -hmm element exploit and crit element and all that stuff it has amazing slots so it's an efficient piece of armor regardless i didn't realize you were i was okay i was going to wait for you to finish your thought i was going to say you mentioned crit element crit element in in rise was a pretty useless fucking skill but i think even that skill is really good now because most of the times you can get your element stat to like over a hundred so like crit element actually adds like 
a valuable amount of damage. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Uh, I will tell you this, though, since you brought it up. It is the worst damage skill in the entire game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's not, crit, like, great, crit, but... Crit element is the literal worst damage skill of all the skills that increase damage specifically. It is the absolute bottom, like, the worst one. Yeah, it's just that... I find, like, with my element builds, I can fit everything else in it anyway. Yeah. And then, like, I can also just put in crit element. Yeah, it's fine, but, like, I, I'm just... I found this out when Title 1 Update came out. I was watching this guy named I Devaste. He always says, don't forget to join Cat Gang. Meow. At the end of all his videos. He's I don't a think charge. I've ever seen any of it. I don't think I've ever seen... I've seen quite a few random... I don't think I've ever seen that one. Yeah, like that, that guy, that he's YouTuber. awesome. He's really, really good for a charge blade. He's, it's his main. He's a speedrunner, of course. And he also puts sets out. And he lets you know like the logic behind everything. So yeah. I love that about it because I can go on Reddit and there's a meta Reddit for Monster Hunter where it's just meta. Like that's it, they only talk about meta stuff. There's not for casuals at all. And that subreddit has a bunch of stuff on it where you can click Imgur links that'll show you photo albums of the best sets, right? Like this is the best DPS for Longsword, for Greatsword, for Gunlance, etc. But they usually, they do, do a little bit of an explanation in the beginning, but it's not as detailed as somebody talking to you in a YouTube video. So I like yeah. his channel because he really breaks down uh, everything. Again, if you if you want to, if you were interested in that type of thing, it's I-D-E-V-A-S-T-E is the name of his YouTube channel. But he will tell you, he's like, Guys, so I know that like you guys love crit element because you see what it says and you assume that it actually does something. He's like, well, two things. One, uh, file damage on the charge blade cannot crit. So like literally the best attack for the charge blade does not crit. The second thing is that uh, crit element only adds 5, 10, and 15%. But he's like, if you do the math and then also consider that it's only affecting your elemental damage, you realize that it's only giving you like sometimes one more per shot. He did a training dummy video where he showed what it actually was doing. And on one of the training dummy video, like on one of the tests that he did, it did nothing. It literally, it literally did nothing. And then at level three, That's it increased funny. his shots. At level three, it increased his shots or his damage by two. He's like, as you can see, this, this skill is not really doing anything. If I slap one resentment on my armor, if I slap one extra attack boost, it does more, but yeah yeah whatever the case is if it's free for you or if it's easy to slot in like fine and if your if your weapon has a lot of element and a lot of crit you know it can be like a little bit more damage but it's you can slot in literally any other skill that does dps and it will be better than crit element and i like i'm a math guy obviously like that's my life so i really like knowing these kind of things because for whatever reason yeah. Monster doesn't really give you it doesn't give you accurate details in the hunter notes like a ship for example magna malo it says he's weak to water this really bothers me magna malo is not actually weak to water most of the time most of the time magna malo is weak to thunder because when he has purple fire on any part of his body he gets an incredible thunder weakness the That's game so does not tell you this and every time i've watched a speed run of magna malo they're always using a fucking thunder weapon and it has confused the shit out of me I always was confused, like, why the hell are they using a Thunder Charge Blade? Or why are they using a Thunder Sword and Shield? Why are they using Thunder Dual Blades? And I look at the Hunter Notes, and it says water. And I come to find out, there's this secret thing where he's weak to Thunder when he's has fire on him. And he always has fire on him if you're fighting him. So, like, it's just silly stuff like that. Another one I found out is that Valstrax, it says on the Hunter Notes that he's weak to every element by, like, 25. Oh, my God. When he enrages, he's not weak to anything. 
There is, is zero. It's literally zero. Yeah. Dude, and that game, I only found that out. I don't remember how I found that out. Just like randomly on the internet one day, I just, I, I read that somewhere. I don't remember where. But yeah, I remember it was just like, yeah, when, basically, if, just like Magnum Milo, if you're fighting Valstrax, <laughs> he's just immune to every element. And yes. it's like, he's actually not weak to anything. So it's annoying as fuck because the Hunter Nose will have you believing that bring, bringing an element of weapon is good because it shows 25 across the board, which is insane. 25 activates element exploit, the decoration. And then it also activates, uh, element exploit the skill on your armor so it sounds like oh man if i bring an element against him this is going to destroy him but then he literally starts to fight off by absorbing energy to put him in amp state and in his amp state he's actually immune to element flat out yep so So, terrible so things like that are not known they're not in the game for you to find out you just have to literally know it from people who either post it on youtube people have data mined the game or read it uh, luckily, Kenny and I, you know, we scour through Reddit a lot. We we watch a lot of YouTube and stuff like that. So we end up finding these things out. But yeah, I see there's a lot a, of random shit on Reddit. Yeah, there's just a lot of that type of thing. That's how I out found there. out like G Rototus is immune to water and like water doesn't do any extra damage to him. But that monster has horrible hit zones in general and like usually do pretty bad damage to him. And they hit the Hunter Note says he's weak to thunder. But he has this mechanic where he like puts mud on his body. And when he has mud on his body, he's actually not weak to thunder. <laughs> and oh my god. You have to and but if you use water, the thing that the hunter notes say he's immune to, even though the water doesn't do any bonus damage, it actually makes the mud go like it cleans the mud off his body quicker. So if you're hitting with water damage, it'll get rid of the mud quicker to make his hit zones better. And it'll also like make him weak to thunder again. But it's just like if you just go into that fight with a thunder weapon, you're actually getting no benefit. Yep. Funnily enough, you get more benefit using a water weapon against him than a thunder weapon because it'll just make the hit zones better for more amount of yeah, time. So you just bring a raw wild. You bring a raw water weapon and you'll do more damage to Gerototus, which is just crazy because the hunter knows will have you believing otherwise. Yeah, or like I guess if you're doing multiplayer, you could have somebody with a water weapon and the rest with thunder weapons, but yep. like Yeah, it's just wild. Yeah, and I, I personally actually do not like stuff like that. I don't like, so I don't mind that it's in the game. I just wish the game was more, or I should say, I wish the game was less deceitful about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cool mechanic. I just yes. wish in game there was a more obvious way for me to learn about that. Like, even if it was like some mechanic where it was like research level, yep. and it's like every time you fight this monster, you gain more information on it, and like it's the hunter notes fill in more and more, and you gain. So, like, after you fight. 15 G Rototus, it's like a completed thing and like you know all the ins and outs and secrets of the monster and shit. Like, I don't know, something like that'd be cool. Yeah, I really like that. So we were talking about Element Exploit as being like the new thing that really, I guess, broke the meta, right? It it really buffed all the elemental weapons. They've gotten way more efficient. The light bow gun, the amount of damage on the shot. So before this patch, the light bow gun with dereliction sets was already dealing a hundred per shot. For monsters that had a 25 hit zone or higher, which is pretty much every monster in the game. Only a very few monsters have a non 25 elemental hit zone. Um, so it was already doing a hundred and now on certain quests, like I was fighting Nargakuga right before this, I was fighting Nargakuga. He's with the thunder and he's actually with the thunder. There's no bullshit about it. He's actually with the thunder. And if you hit his cut wings, they have his cut wings have, I think a 30 hit zone to elemental. So you use thunder against his cut wings. And not only when you break them, does he always fall like him and Tigrex always topple when you break them. So you get multiple topples throughout the fight, but they also take a shit ton of damage. I'm talking about 186 per shot. And 
if you know how fast the light bow gun fires, rapid fire, thunder, ammo, it's three shots at a time. Pop, pop, put, pop, pop, put, pop, pop, put, pop, pop, put. That's what Kenny always says when he hears me shooting. It's like I'm this- playing with Fraser and I'm just playing, and he's behind. And thank God I flinch free all in that way. I'm not gonna flinch, <laughs> and because otherwise I'd be like. Ugh. Uh, yeah, the whole uh, time. But, but I have flinch free on, and I'm fighting, and I'm like swinging my sword, and I just hear like, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and, I, and so I just end up saying it out loud while we're hunting, and he tells me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> when I'm shooting the wings, it's doing 186 per tick, which is so much. What's funny about that is that it's also white damage. It, it's a rant. It's white damage, not orange. Orange means that you're doing like, quote unquote, good hit zone values. So weakness exploit activates anywhere you see orange, weakness exploit will activate. Anywhere you see white, that means weakness exploit is not activating. It's just a good hit zone versus a bad hit zone. Anyway, the cut wings are so juicy for thunder that it doesn't even matter that they're a white hit zone because it still does anywhere from 140 to 180 per shot. And 180 times three is 540, which is so much damage every time I press R2. Like, it's so much fucking fucking damage. Granted, I'm also dying the entire fight. And if he if he fucking moves past me the wrong way, my hunter will die. But but if I don't get killed, I do the most DPS that anyone can do outside of great. So we're playing perfectly. So, like, it's it's really nice what element has done for this game. Uh, This is probably the biggest monster hunter where like outside world and Iceborne was also big on element. And I think this one has taken it even further because this has a skill that blatantly didn't exist before, Element Exploit. And that's not the only skill that came out in this title update. There's some new experimental shit that I think is so cool, like Status Trigger. If you Status perfectly, awesome. If you perfectly dodge an attack using the roll feature, so it can't be like one of your counters built into your weapon or anything like that. It has to be an actual dodge. But if you perfectly dodge an attack for the next 8 to 12 seconds... Every single attack you do will hit, uh, trigger your status element in your weapon. So if you have a poison, like let's say poison sword and shield, if you roll out of the way of an attack at the right time for the next 12 seconds at level three, every single slash from your weapon will inflict poison damage. Now, if that's confusing, it's because the way statuses work in Monster Hunter is every one third attack. So one out of three of every attack, so 33% of your attacks inflict status ailment. So if you have a poison weapon, if you have a sword and shield, every single attack you do is not inflicting poison. It's every one out of three attacks will inflict poison. With status trigger, sleep, paralysis, etc. Yeah, blast, all of that. So with the way it works with status trigger is that every single hit will inflict some of that uh, status, which is broken for things like dual blades, sword and shield, long sword, weapons that hit fast, inside glaive. If your weapon attacks really quick, it's so absurd because I watched a guy fight a Diablos with long sword. Long sword is an elemental and a status weapon technically, but it's not at the top of the tier list. Dual blades and light bow going to be at the top of the tier list for those. I watched a guy use a paralysis long sword. There's only one in the game. There's a paralysis long sword. And he uses it against Diablos, who's really, really weak to paralysis. He's he's that way in every single game. He paralyzed it four times in under two minutes. Now, I don't know if you guys have realized in Monster Hunter Rise and Sunbreak, but monsters don't get aff- inflicted or afflicted by status ailments that often anymore in these games. They definitely have toned it down from prior games because typically when I bring a paralysis weapon, a monster might get paralyzed like twice at most. In at absolute of- most twice like yes. you never see it a third time yes so for him to do it four times in under two minutes was fucking insane like that was insane and granted the only thing that's annoying to me though is that the thresholds for statuses go up in multiplayer by a good amount 
And so these skills not only are harder to proc, like status trigger and adrenaline rush, we'll talk about that in a second. These skills get harder to proc because the monster's not always targeting you, which means it's harder to get a perfect dodge. But the threshold for inflicting them with the status goes up because you're playing with multiple people. So the skills get worse over time, which means these skills technically incentivize single player. I don't know if that was like their intention, but I'm just saying from a mathematical standpoint, I always think about incentives. Uh, they go up or down depending on the math. That's just how it works. Like if you tell me, that something is easier to do in single player, you're incentivizing me to play single player. If you're telling me something is easier to do in multiplayer, you're incentivizing multiplayer. And it's completely mathematical, so it's harder to trigger statuses when you're playing with four people. So status trigger gets like worse when you're doing that, but when you're playing by yourself, or if you're just playing with one other person, it's not that bad. Yeah. I I had a hunt. I, I think I told you about this. I had a hunt. It was just two. It was just me and one other person. Um, and he was using paralysis dual blades. And that monster, like, to the point where he knew when the monster was going to get paralyzed, he was like, we were fighting. The monster got paralyzed, like, twice pretty quickly. And then we were fighting, and then he was like, all right. He was, like, doing a hit. He was like, I think on the next, I'm going to get another paralyzed, like, the next opening I get. And then, like, got it. And we, I think we got four paralysis, however you say that yeah. fucking word, plural, yeah. um, in the hunt, which is crazy because, like, paralysis he's obviously smacking them and then i'm a great sword so i'm just like getting all these free true charge slashes it was fucking awesome how many like yeah how many times paralysis happened like i i couldn't believe it he was just like going absolutely ham on the monster so i think i want to i think i want to try for like specifically with me and kenny play i'll probably build a sleep long sword build that uses status trigger oh my god <laughs> and has the sleep element and it'll literally be because Kenny basically always uses Greatsword. So, like, Greatsword has the strongest wake up attack in the game that has the strongest attack in the game, and then the strongest wake up attack in the game that does anywhere from four to eight thousand. And it would be really cool to have a monster just get slept on multiple times throughout the hunt. Imagine sleeping the monster like five times. That can just be literally 40k at, at like low end 5,000 per wake up, can literally be. 40,000 damage, like 5k yeah. each or whatever. What, you know, whatever works out to 20k. Uh, yeah, it's actually 20k. That would be really five. fun. I want to try that. That'd be so fun. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be fucking ruin awesome. the monster. It'd be really, really awesome. And I, and I think it's completely viable with two people because sleep, the sleep threshold wouldn't go up that much because of one other person. And, and they also like, have the who sleep dogs. I was about to say that the sleep dogs would also incentivize it too and make it even better. And that could be like a whole like form of speed running basically because the long sword, the long sword is still a raw dominant weapon. At the end of the day, like raw is still more important for the long sword than it is for its element. Uh, it's just that longsword attack so fast that element does mean something, but raw is still king, and because of that, like if your every has, kick of uh, Sakura slash is that all element like I think Sakura slash. I don't I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think Sakura slash does no element or element uh, element or status. Right. I I yeah, think because yeah. the only reason I think that is because specifically Helmbreaker is completely raw. Helmbreaker okay. does no. The uh, element or no status at all, so I kind of feel like the same rule applies for soccer slash, but it could be that it does element and status. I would be surprised about that, uh, but yeah, I'm going to say right crap. now on a record that it just does not do element or status because that would be insane. Because soccer slash hits a lot of times. <laughs> the only thing about soccer slash is kind of annoying though, is and I turned off my mounting uh, when you have your weapon out. 
But Soccer Slash will make you melt the monster after you do it, and it's it's attacking a monster, you know, tick, 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 tick of damage. I'll be running away to try to get away from it, and then my character will turn around and just fucking rope the monster and mount it. Because it's technically I'm attacking it. Yeah. So that's that's kind of one of the annoying things, but that's just an aside there. Also, Kenny and our whole group of friends, we all are completely off the whole mounting thing. That shit has worn thin. Like the I novelty hate it so much. The novelty of that has completely worn thin. I got I was playing with uh some people and I was basically talking about like I don't, we were just in a hunt and a lot of mounts were happening. And I was just like, ah, like I was just, I could feel I was being toxic, but like, I don't care. I'm so (laughs) fucking over this fucking mechanic. And I'm just like bitching it. And the one guy's like, just like, oh no, you're like, you know, I think it's pretty cool. And he was like, you know, it's like a fun. And I was just like, I wanted so bad to call him something that I can't say, but I just wanted to be mean to him. I was just like, oh my God. Like, it's so, it's such a, it's just like, it breaks up the pace of the, like, I'm having fun playing the game. Like, I don't, I just, I don't want to ride your fucking monster. I don't care. You know what's so weird? I've played almost every monster in the game, and I literally forgot what it was like to not jump on top of the monster and literally ride it. Because, okay, here's what I mean when I say it's weird. I have started to retrain my brain, I guess, to believe that this has been part of the game for a long time, and it just hasn't. This is a Rise exclusive thing. Like, mounting a monster and riding it, literally moving it out the area, attacking another monster like you're doing a kaiju battle, that shit is new. And in my head, it has existed for a while, and that's just not true. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I think I would be okay with it if the only... I don't want it in the game at all, but whatever, it's in the game. I'd be okay with it if they simply changed it so that the only way you could do it is if you deal enough mounting damage. When you have a target monster, it takes a pretty long time to do enough damage to mount it. Yes. But... All of the non-target monsters, you can just hit them like once and then mount them. Or if two monsters hit each other, they become mountable. And it's just like so fucking stupid. Yes. The other thing that makes this annoying, the mounting system, because this is a legitimate complaint, so let's spend a little bit of time on this. The other thing that makes this legitimately annoying is the fact that other monsters or whatever you're fighting, they literally will completely ignore you once another monster's in the area. And they always go for the other monster. So then what you have happening is the severe confusion of everybody playing the monster you're shooting at or attacking will turn around, run away. And you're confused. Like what the fuck? And then you'll notice, Oh God, a B Shotson just came in the area. So now those two fight. Then the B Shotson becomes mountable because your monster just hit it. And then you accidentally attack the B Shotson or press circle near the B Shotson. Now you're mounting the B Shotson and you don't want to, because you do less damage on a fucking B Shotson. Do you doing anything like literally being off of it? Some monsters are terrible to mount, like Bishatan. It's just all all over. It's bad. I, it's I remember doing fun. a hunt with Frazier. I think it was a Mizutsune. And I'm fighting Mizutsune. I'm up in its fucking face. I'm fighting it. And then out of nowhere, it just turns around and runs from me. I was like, what the fuck's going on? I thought maybe he was about to do an attack or something. And then like I turned around and I was like, because I just like saw some other monster and then they were fighting. And I was like, what? what is this and then i I gotta wait for them to finish fighting and i think also mounting elder dragons is insane you can't mount so they know how to make a monster unmountable aka apex monsters you can't mount them i just think that break out of it yeah i think mounting a teostra is just wild like yeah i don't think you should be able to mount like elder dragons should be unmountable yeah like that just seems insane to me that i can mount fucking teostra like a monster that can create an aura so hot that you start losing hp by being near it yeah, just it's ridiculous. Silly. 
So I, I, I don't care for the mount system anymore. I really wish that you could find it. Like, I wish you could turn it off. I kind of have because I can only mount monsters if I have my weapon uh, sheath. And so today I was hunting and literally I have not mounted a single thing all day. And I feel so good about that. Yeah, I'm the same way. I That was like one of the first things I turned off because I was over mounting in base rise. So I for Kenny flipping. specifically, a player who uses the greatsword, it is like literally against your best interest to mount a monster when they go into that mount animation and they're literally doing nothing it's basically free dps he can do yep. a full true charge slash on the monster including the first and second hit yep free and if you have on mounting then what happens is when you do the first hit which is the best part of it because it gives you extra damage it'll just make you automatically mount which is so goddamn frustrating man it yeah, is so frustrating when that happens it's infuriating like i I just don't ever want that to happen. Like I want a true chart. Like, so here's the thing. And cause I don't want to just sound like I'm bitching about this game mechanic at the end of the day. Right. Why do you play monster hunter? Right. You and like, why do you like people play and they end up identifying with a weapon? I have, I think I have over 2000 hunts with great sword. I play that weapon a lot. I've, I, and like, I identify with the weapon. I play monster hunter a lot. It's really fun. And so when you play this game, you end up identifying with a weapon, really enjoying playing a weapon with the 13 or 14 different weapons in different play styles, right? Yes. You get really into a weapon, right? So if I'm playing Greatsword, I actually saw a Reddit comment that described it pretty well. Somebody was like, why do you play Greatsword? And somebody, the comment was like, we don't want to play Greatsword. We simply landed a true charge slash once and we keep chasing the high. So we always want to just <laughs> land and, <laughs> like We just want to land another one. We go into every hunt saying like i just want to land one more true charge slash and like that is so funny and it's like so true so anyway my point is like i want to play great sword i don't want to play rathalos like i don't like i didn't buy this game to beat rathalos i'd I'd like that's not what i'm interested in and the whole it takes like a long time like the whole 60 seconds sometimes more of breaking up the hunt it's just it just really bogs it down and then like the monsters act so erratic and stupid and i just i don't like it it's just like i want to fight the monster yeah i agree with you i agree with everything you just said i literally feel like mounting breaks up the hunt and not in a good way it was awesome when you were just getting all these shiny materials from it and you know it was a nice way to get a lot of materials then they introduced the gold wire bug which when i was first playing sunbreak i was like okay i get 10 materials every single hunt it got to a point where now I just have so many materials that I'll never go through. And on top of that, I just never pick up a gold wire book anymore. I never start a hunt with that shit anymore. It takes so long for me to just do that whole part of the fight. Although, honestly, I think, that, and this is sad, I think that the best thing for me to do, and I didn't notice this until I'm saying it right now, but when I used to start every fight off by getting the gold wire bug as a priority and then start the hunt that way, it would make it where it wouldn't happen in the middle of the hunt. Yeah. And so my hunts never got broke up by randomly mounting in the middle maybe, because maybe we should just go get the ruby wire bug make yeah, it do more damage yeah it's more damage which i want to know how much the damage buff is i have to look on reddit and find out but i want to know if it's if it's worth it because otherwise i'll still take the materials like i'm not i'm not that yeah. i'm not that crazy where it's like oh the extra materials don't matter like if the damp but the, i am a damage guy so if the damage is significant and it's not some bullshit 10 percent. like if it's 20 percent, i'm 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 all for it like i'm all yeah. for it <laughs> The thing is, too, is like like you said way earlier, um, melding for a perfect god talisman is not as important. I have some pretty good talismans, and I still meld every now and then. Me too. I still I want to be honest. I don't meld that often anymore. Like yeah. I'll go 
20 hunts without even putting in putting I think we, me and you have both gotten talismans that are good enough to make every set we could ever want. Yeah. Like, and if we ever get a talisman better than the ones we have, because both you and I have attack three in like two or three, one, one, which yep. is like, that is for our, for a regular person. That is as good as it's going to get. Because mm-hmm. the only up from there is adding two weakness exploit to it. That is literally as it can't get like that's it. So and and those are apparently lottery. Like those are lottery level lucky. So yeah. in reality, we'll never get it in our entire time playing the game. And I'm content with that. I'm completely yeah. content with that. Yeah, I'm not worried about. It. I have another one. The ones I use the most is attack up three and three one one. And then the other one is it's quick sheath three. Two levels of free meal for fun and a level, level four, four slot. slot. Yeah, that one's pretty uh, good too. I like that one a lot because it gives me it gives me full quick sheets and two levels of focus just on the talisman, and yeah. then like I, I basically have a version of that. That depending on the situation, it it's basically the same thing. But I have a uh, quick sheet three, stamina thief three, and two level two slots. And I don't even use it. It does not. Every time I put in a long yeah. set, it does not come up as a fucking. Like when I because use you usually get quick sheath through other things. Yep. It just quick sheath is such an easy skill to get. So now it's this is what I mean, though. Like before a quick sheath level two talisman with two level two slots was insane. Now I got a quick sheath three with stamina thief three for what it's worth and two level two slots. And it doesn't even come up as like a thing when I put in armor sets to make. So it's yeah. it's like bittersweet. Like I do like it. And I'm sure that I can force myself to use it. But the whole point of this is saying that we are less incentivized to worry about talismans now. And I like that that's a thing because I did feel kind of dreaded when it was like, well, in order to make these sets, you have to have this talisman or bust. Mm-hmm. And it also, yeah. to me, it gets really annoying watching speedruns that only use God talismans. I actually started watching, I've always watched him and I love him, Ang Beta. He's one of my favorite speedrunners with Light Bogon. Um, he specifically does not use god talismans in his runs he uses very grounded equipment like it's all in-game gear it's all in-game weapons and it's as good as he can get it but it's always using a talisman that everyone should have he'd be like if you literally have any three two one literally any three two one you can do the exactly what i just did so the a lot of speedrunning communities have like standardized speedrun rules i personally and maybe it is the case i do really wish that like that was like the standardized speedrun me too rule. like like you just like, no, you can't have a lottery got like, yeah, I get you can hack your game, but like, I don't know. I just think there should be a standardized thing where it's like a, a regular three, two, one talisman, blah, blah, blah. In order for you to like submit your speed runs to like the leaderboards yes. or whatever. I would agree with that. I, I do not like that. It has gotten, so the community has been divided since the new organism has come out because technically, technically some of the Rathalos armor has shit like three wind res or three fire attack, right? The, the chest, for example, of, of Silver Rathalos has three fire attack and element exploit and a bunch of good slots. So technically, with the new Augma system, you can remove all three levels of fire attack and end up with some shit like plus weakness exploit, plus crit boost, plus a slot. Yeah. Like, they, like the, a guy showed that on PC, that is a possible thing if it removes all three levels of fire attack, which you don't need. And it can give you Wex, Crit Booth, and a slot, which is so absurd, right? So the community is divided because some people are like, yo, technically, all five pieces of my armor can be crazy. Like, they can, if you push it to the limit of what the game will allow without basically bricking your, your save, if you push it to the limit, you can just end up with, like, 15 extra skills. 
And yeah. that is so unreal to what was not only intended, but what the regular Switch player can get, that it kind of makes the speed run null and void, in, in my personal opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of other people as well. Yeah, it's just, not only is it so not realistic, like, I think it's corny on, like, multiple ways. On one end, like, if if you just hack all your equipment, there's no incentive to play the game, right? The, like, you play the game to get better equipment, and then, like, but then if you're just strictly your only concern is like how fun does the speed run then and you don't care and like you just hack all the best equipment but then i don't know it just feels well, I was, disingenuous i was gonna i, I was gonna like say it. one thing so i agree with you in in a way but i will say that some people's only fun in the game is speed running right? yeah and, and that's, that's fun fair. people play mario 64 only to speed run it and i get that yeah yeah like they, and that's fair that's 100 percent star run i see that shit come up on my youtube all the time as a suggestion i never watched them really but it'll be like 100 all the stars speed run mario 64 played in 2022 and they have to show their controller because people cheat they have to show like you know finger cam and everything but some people's only fun is that and i get that so i don't want to completely exclude those people however i do get, I, I do get what kenny's saying and i agree with what kenny's saying if you do hack all your equipment the game is kind of not really fun it's not it's kind of pointless yeah like if i because you can you can just make it so efficient to the point where like you can efficient all the difficulty out of the game like it's just kind of nonsense like defiance five defense boost seven but also every dps skill in the game yeah so it's like you can just efficient all the difficulty out of the game then it's like what does the speed run mean right the super mario 64 speed run is really cool because there's no way to efficient like Everything you do is still hard. So I, I think it'd be interesting if those speedruns were still using realistic armor. Like, yeah. Like how we were saying, every piece of armor having one to two extra skills is like realistic. You can really easily get that. Yes. Everything past that is like playing the lottery. And yeah, every single piece of my armor has an extra skill. Every single one. Like all of my yep. sets, if you look, if you go through all five, if you were to go to player list, look at status and then see all of my armor all five pieces have at least one extra skill because i just wouldn't settle for less and what i really do like about this on the contrary is that while yes the the pc community can like max their shit out and make it really stupid but for our switch players we can't do that and it makes it where our sets are so individualistic and this is something that monster hunter rise has been pushing already with switch skills so there's always a correct way to play every weapon technically from a, a DPS standpoint. There's also a, I don't give a fuck about DPS or how you guys tell me to play it. I can play this weapon however I want to play it. For example, there was a night where Kenny was streaming. We were playing Monster Hunter together and me and Kenny were both using hammer. And I was like, man, I feel like all I ever want to do with the hammer is use spinning bludgeon over and over again. And I said, even though it's probably not optimal to do that and kenny laughed and was like fuck that that is optimal and like the whole point of it was he's basically saying it's so fun to do that move because it not only does it look cool it also does a lot of damage but it looks really cool here's the thing at the time i said this mind you this was this year at the time i said that i had no idea what optimal hammer was because the hammer's not my main it's one of my favorite weapons now but it's not my main weapon so i have no idea how to play optimally i do now and it kind of annoys me like, now that I know what the optimal way to play Hammer is, it's so stupid. The optimal way to play Hammer is literally spam Impact Crater every chance you get. That is optimal Hammer. Nothing does more DPS. That is the highest DPS you can do 
with Hammer. You literally space. So Wire Bug Whisperer 3, Redirection Level 2, and literally just try to get hit, redirection, get all your Wire Bugs back, and keep doing Impact Creator over and over again. It is so boring and so corny. And I'm like, yeah, see, this is where Monster Hunter people lose me. Like, this is where the DPS community loses me. I'm all for making my set the highest DPS as far as my set goes outside of Dereliction. Yeah. But I'm not for making my play style condensed to literally doing one yeah. thing over and over again until the monster dies. Because there's so that, many options. Dude, there's so that's I had um I, I had the same thing with Greatsword and jet like in terms of doing the most damage, there's one way to play Greatsword. Yep. And like that's really cool. And I like doing that one way sometimes. However, the way I build my sets is like on my two scrolls, I have the on my one scroll, I have Surge Flash, which is like basically make it so Greatsword can do somewhat fast combos. It's not yeah. blades, but somewhat fast <laughs> combos. Um, but it's like Surge Slash, and I still have like uh, Adamant Charge and Rage Slash. And Why it allows me to name like, the fastest weapon in the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it is not dual blades, but it makes it so I have a very mobile, like kinetic Greatsword, yeah. and I get to move around a lot, and I still do a lot of damage. Like it does the a Surge shit Slash. Time. Yeah, the search last combo does like crazy damage, especially element, dude. I was doing like, like four hundred and sixty a hit, uh, and it like hits really fast. And then when you get to the the power charge slash, it's like thirteen hundred. And then like if you go into the the final hit like rage slash, it's like another thirteen hundred. So it's like four sixty, four sixty, four sixty, four sixty, thirteen, thirteen. It's like fucking crazy. Yeah, that's a lot like, of damage. I don't care what. Like, so, monsters have, like, 75k when they're Anomaly. For example, uh, Toby Kodachi's HP at Anomaly Quest is 75,000. Those numbers, those 1,300, that's still a lot of fucking damage. No matter what people say, that is yeah. a shit ton of damage. So, like, doing 475 a hit is crazy. It's so much. So, and you're so much more mobile, and you're not waiting for the monster to do a thing to do your big pop of like 5k, which is what Greatsword usually does. Yeah. But my point is, I have that, but then I switch to like normal Greatsword, which is like Charge Slash and True Charge Slash. And, and I mean, Strong Arm Stance isn't normal, but it's normal for a Sunbreak. And, but my point is, my Greatsword playstyle can switch so much mid hunt. And it's really fun because I could be like doing Surge Slash. And like something about not really working out, and then me switch to charge slash and do strong arms on the monster, and I can switch like fluidly throughout the hunt, and it makes it really really fun. Whereas if I play like what the optimal sunbreak greatsword is, it kind of gets boring. It's like I want to do something else. I'm literally just like wait counter attack, wait and I, counter attack. And it's I like, also think that it's kind of silly with them giving us for the first time ever. These switch skills that not only are like Hunter Arts, because we have Hunter Arts and Monster Hunter Cross and Double Cross if you played that on the 3DS and stuff. And that was really cool. That was basically adding supers to the weapons. That shit was so fire to me. Then we lost all of that with World, but what World did was it made some of those moves built into the weapon. So that was at the same time, it's like, okay, you lost the Hunter Art flashiness, but then the weapons just got those as moves built into them. Now you have Rise and Sunbreak that gives you Hunter Arts back as wirebug moves. But then also you have the the ability to change the fundamental way your weapon plays. Greatsword has always been, for every single game prior to this one, a charge weapon. That's all it's ever been. It is literally outside of Monster Hunter 1 where it didn't charge. But since Monster Hunter 2, where it got the ability to charge up, it has been just that. Every single game. And granted, it has always been in the top like top five weapons in a game, but it's always been super boring after a while. Like it's it's really hard to justify playing Greatsword only. 
when you can switch it up. And now that you can switch it up to where your playstyle can be the, the uh, surge slash combo, which is so different, you can literally do three different types of attacks and string them all together. And it still ends with a charge. It does a lot of damage. It attacks fast. It moves you. It does all types of shit. Dude, the attacks have really cool properties too. Like it gives the greatsword such a new playstyle, which is just really fun. And so like, why wouldn't I want to utilize that? Like that playstyle might not ever come back. Like, it probably will yeah. in some way, but, like, there's a chance they never bring that back for Greatsword, and it just yeah. goes back to only being a charge weapon. So why not utilize it in the in the game that it's in, number one? But number two, like, once you learn, like, the properties of them all, they're really cool, too. Like, the Rising Slash ones um, all have extra part break damage. They're they're more efficient at breaking parts. The Spinning ones have more... Have, uh, first of all, the Spinning ones are crazy. They have more element and status buildup. The second hit of the second spin does stun damage. The third spin has full uh, hyper armor. Like, there's just, like, really cool mechanics within that combo on top of it being a faster combo. It's really fucking fun and cool yeah. to use. So, I like that this game has pushed individuality, not only with your actual switch skills and how you choose to customize your weapon. For example, there's... Again, the fundamental way you play the weapon changes. So Charge Blade, you can play Super Amp Elemental Discharge, which is how I prefer to play it. That shit looks so cool to me. I think that the graphics on that, that move attack, it, it like to me, that's like the best looking move in the game as far as just like pure looks. It looks so cool. It does a shit ton of damage. It does a shit ton of damage. But on top of that, there's a completely different way to play the weapon, which is using the spinning axe way. And that play style does a shit ton of raw damage. It doesn't inflict element at all when you're doing that. I don't think so. But it does a shit ton of raw damage. And like, it's used in a lot of speedruns. It's really, really cracked out. But it's mainly meant for when a monster is down. So it's not viable as much when a monster's like Kel being around, just running around back and forth and stuff. But when a monster's down, nothing does more damage than just going into the uh, spinning X. And I really just enjoy that there are two very different ways to play pretty much every weapon. Like I hear people say, I play aerial dual blades and I was like, I don't know what that means, but now I kind of get it. Cause like the one circle attack lifts you in the air. And then the one attack that came out with uh title update one and, and Sunbreak was like, you can drill down into the monster and then do like this spinning crazy slash attack that does yeah. a fucking ton of so much damage. damage. I watched a guy literally stun lock a Shogun Sanitar when the game first came out, when Sunbreak first came out week one, like day two, a guy stun locked. It could not move. He literally locked. It's a speed run. It was actually posted by Rex Gaming because they were doing these reviews of speed runs. They like had videos where they would just have people submit speed runs and they would watch them together and just react. And a guy posted, uh, submitted one where he's using Thunder Dual Blades. As you know, Shogun Sanitar, both the crabs are severely weak to Thunder. And the monster could not move. It just kept getting destroyed so by awesome. that attack. And then I saw the same exact thing with Greatsword of all things using Kizu's uh kizu has a great sword and it's like you know before this update and stuff it wasn't really viable before surge slash combo but now the shogun sanitar can't move like a regular shogun sanitar in solo from a great sword it cannot move if the great sword player chooses to keep using the triangle attack over and over again like if you just yep. keep using it over and over again and stay right on the head it literally cannot move awesome and so, then Blue yeah. Blades, I got this in regular Rise. I don't know if it's in other games, but they have the Levi attack where they're like... Where they're it always like, had it, but you dude, need it to slide. that move is so sick. You need it specifically to slide or jump off a ledge to do it. So you you uh, had it, but it wasn't it wasn't as easy as you could do. Like, now you just do it at will. Yeah. That move is hot. 
That move is hot. So I, I like the individuality, and that's just individuality with switch skills. There's also individuality with now, like my greatsword set will never look the same as Kenny's now. Because mm-hmm. Kenny has rolled different things that he prioritized in his greatsword set that I, one, I just didn't roll that, and two, I don't prioritize those skills in the same, like what, like vice versa with the way, you know, he plays greatsword in a way I play greatsword two different ways. So it's just really, really cool that they've promoted we're all playing the same 14 weapons, but we're playing them in completely different ways. Yeah, it's awesome. I I play with a lot of people, uh, like, on voice through Discord, um, but, like, randoms, because yes. I'm, I'm in, like, in a Monster Hunter Discord. And I play with a couple Greatsword users, and out of all the Greatsword users I've played with, I'm the only one that uses Quick Sheath, which is just mind-boggling to me, because, first of all, it just <laughs> speeds up your normal sh- sheathing animation. Man, and you love that skill. <laughs> Yeah, and like if you're playing greatsword, you sheath your sword a fucking lot just to move. Yeah. And then it makes power sheath so fast. And so for, to me, even more so than focus now, I think greatsword's unplayable in sunbreak without quick sheath. Like I need quick sheath on all my fucking sets. Um but no other greatsword users use it really. Um they all just kind of use kind exactly what they're told to use. Um yep. and like, yeah, that, that set does a lot of damage. What I've noticed is, like, they don't hit the monster as often as I hit the monster. So, like, are they doing more damage than me? They're not. And you know what's scary is I was watching a PC player play. In fact, it was Ang Beta. He was playing. Uh, he he hosted a lobby on Twitch. And he was playing with his, like, you know, viewers and stuff. And this is one of the things that I do envy about the PC. Like, I do want to play the next monster game on PC, not to just make all my equipment what I want, because that's not my goal. But I do like some of the mods they have. One of the mods they had is a damage percentage counter. It literally... Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard about that. It has next to everyone's name, and it's like, it's not one of those things that's intrusive on the screen, because there's already so much on the screen. God forbid the UI gets more shit. But, like, literally, in the smallest possible way, and completely out of the way, you can see the percentage of damage to the monster's HP that each player has done. Fantastic. I love shit like that. So at the end of a hunt, one of the hunts he did was Diablos. He was using the light bow gun Pierce Ice. That's the one he was using. I think it's Luna Garen's because I used that one too, basically because of him. And at the end of the hunt, he did 40% of all of the Diablos' damage. It was a level 100 anomaly Diablos. There was four people, and he did 40% of the damage himself. Now, that is wild because just think about that. One person out of four people did 40% of all damage. In yeah. a perfect world, everyone does 25%, right? But like, knowing that you're pulling 40%, for me, I like that because that tells me how efficient my set is and how I'm playing and stuff like that. And they used to kind of have that in World. At the end of World, every single quest in World at the end of it, it would show rewards for people. Like, And it would be random rewards. So it would be like, Frazier did the most damage this hunt out of anybody. So I knew at the end of a quest, like I oh, did... Be like- Okay, I get what you're saying. It would like say damage. Accolades. It would have accolades. It would say damage dealer, and it would have my name under it. Then it would say uh, person who gathered the most, Kenny. And it would be like person who like stunned. The, it was a person who flicked the most normal statuses, Cheyenne. And then it would say person who did uh, the, trap the monster the most, or like stuff like that, or down the monster the most. And it would have Kenny next to it as well. So Kenny would have two things. It's like so while yeah, he yeah. might not have done the most damage, he the, the reason why is because one he trapped the monster three times or down the monster three times, and then he also like gathered whatever you know. So it it was really cool to see that that's gone because people were really toxic about that. 
And so I get it. Yeah. In, in World of Iceborne, people are very toxic about that type of thing. It's unfortunate because, like, yeah, people can be toxic about it. But it, but that shit is cool. It was an accolade, like, it's though. Cool it was meant to be a good thing. Toxic. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. As long as it's not being used for toxicity, I get it. Uh, and I also understand that, you know, the internet exists and people are really shit. So you got people who say, like, you fucking people suck. I did 40% of all damage. <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? So... Uh, yeah, the other things I want to talk about, so there's only a few more, but um, the meta has changed for the animals that you bring, for like your Polycon Polymute. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, this is cool. Prior to title update one, I would say, in all honesty, there was no incentive to use your dog. Like, yes, dogs do damage, but the amount of materials that a cat would gather, especially considering that for some strange reason, at some brick, they can gather mantles. I was fully expecting them to not be able to get mantles. Like, if they... Because on Meow scenarios, they can't get mantles. Yeah, they cannot. But they can... They can... A, a Gather Cat can get a mantle. So, because a Gather Cat can get a mantle, there was a high incentive. I should say there was no incentive to use a dog. I should just say the opposite is that there was an incredible incentive to just use a cat because you wanted to get mantle, especially early on. Because every monster's armor needed a mantle. Every monster's last weapon needed a mantle. So, because of that... The dogs just weren't really used. Now, with the anomaly investigations, you should have all your mantles by now, and you can trade for mantles. On top of that, the materials that you get from anomaly investigations cannot be gathered by cats. Yep. Like Amber this Essence. Is one of my favorite changes. Amber because, Essence cannot be gathered by cats. Yes. And Amber Essence at the end game is like the most important like, yeah. piece of item. Uh, in addition, the like, afflicted claw, afflicted fang. Those also can't be gathered by cats, and they're also very important. Um, and I love the fact that gather can't, cats can't gather them, because not only were gathering cats the most used like partner, even over dogs, they were the most used over all of the other cats. The cats have five classes that went unused because everybody just used gather cat because yeah. there was no incentive to use the other. Like It was just it was gather cat or bust. And Gather Cat's still really good because Endemic Life Barrage is still a really good move. Yeah. And but in the end game, because them stealing items isn't as important, because at that point in the game, you're kind of good on materials, and the materials that you want the Gather Cats can't get. It not only incentivizes you to use the other cats that might have more useful abilities overall. Um, like the assist cat has a poison pitfall trap, which pitfall traps kind of lock the monster for a long period of time on top of poisoning them. Yep. Um, it also incentivizes you to use the dog, which is a whole animal that like almost like a lot of people didn't use before. Yeah. The dog was unused completely. Basically the dog does a lot more DPS than cats and the dog does status really easy to, uh, monsters as well. Like you put them with sleep or paralysis, nothing will make the monster fall asleep faster than a dog will. Um, and also I just think that the Silk Binder, that the, which is new to Sunbreak, where the monster just stays in a certain area of the map, like they just literally makes them stay in a spot. That's also really good. So the dog not only does a shit ton of damage, there's actually a hunt that Kenny showed me where a guy kills a Raytheon with just the dogs. He doesn't attack. He doesn't. Yeah, it's two dogs and he does. He hits the monster one time to like activate the hunt and activate the dogs. Yep. Then after that, he does not hit the monster again. Does he? Is he using Hunting Horn? I forget. He's using hunting horn, yeah. Yeah, which makes sense, because the dogs get buffed by that, too. But yes, he basically uses, like, demon powder, hunting horn, and he buffs the dogs and just lets the dogs kill his Raytheon, and they kill the Raytheon in a very fast time. It's like five it's minutes. It's like six minutes. Yeah, it's like yeah. five or six minutes. It's between it's, five and six. And, and it's crazy. cut the tail off. And the dogs cut the tail off. That's fucking nuts. Like, that is insane. So the meta has changed. 
Uh, and I, I think that's really, really cool that now it's to the point where like you don't need to use only one animal and one type of animal. Now you can use legitimately a fight cat, which gives you 30% affinity when it plays its, its regular song and it's going to play every chance it gets. It gives you 30% affinity. For a lot of weapons, 30% affinity is going to cap you at that 100 to make sure that every single hit you do, as long as it's hitting a weak spot. It gives you earplugs. <laughs> it does give you earplugs. Uh, but it's just crazy that it gives you earplugs and gives you 30% affinity. And that's just so much because now all your hits are crits. And crits do 1.4 times damage with crit boost at level 3. So as far as people like DPS, who, you know, I love DPS, a fight cat is nuts to me now. And yeah, and it optimizes your damage more because, like, let's say you can already get 100% affinity. But maybe now you can take out levels of crit eye, bring your fight cat, and then fit in other damage skills or, like, other skills or whatever. Yep. And World and Iceborne, I actually only used the fight cat. Uh, so in World and Iceborne, you actually only had one cat, and then you changed what type of cat it was. But it was just your one cat, so, like, you bonded with this cat, basically. It was like, this is Fraser's cat. It's the only yeah, cat. Yeah. You can't hire multiple cats. Is my one cat, but then you could change. You could choose between the five ways. So healing, traps, fighting, bombs, and stealing. Same exact thing as this game. Uh, but that was really, really cool. And I always used the fight cat. It got to a point where I realized that that was just it was just broken. It's fucking broken. The, so. the other cool thing about dogs and the update is they got two interesting features. They got the the sniff them out feature, which lets you find things on the map easier. Um, that's not like too I huge, but it does make it it does make it a lot easier to find. Like for example, on every map, I have my dog set and it's like saved. All of the toads on the map automatically show up on my mini map because it's already set and the sniff amount doesn't like reset. So whenever I go on a map, like I know exactly where all the toads are. And I'm at the point now where I can know where they're at without the dog, but it still helps. Yeah. It taught you something. So now you know routes. Yeah. But secondly, it has the extra item pouch. Basically you have a limited amount of item space in your bag that you can bring. And then as you pick up items, you can run out of space, you know, carving the monster, whatever the dog has its own, extra thing where you can put more items in and the anomaly investigation somewhat incentivizes certain items like if you go out and get the anomaly gather points on the map you can unlock so many more anomaly hunts after a hunt so like if you're trying to find different hunts or cool hunts you want to like gather things and then but on top of that let's say you have a full item pouch with like all the regular shit you need and your potions and your traps and your small barrel bombs and your mega barrel bombs and then maybe you even bring the materials to craft traps because you can bring like trap tool and thunderbug and or shock bug whatever it is and you can craft a shock trap in the middle of a hunt that way you can essentially carry like three shock traps or whatever yeah, question for you um yeah go ahead is there a route to raise your anomaly investigation level by like just going around collecting no because uh the gather points on the map are random gotcha that have that have the anomaly sparkles gotcha. yep makes perfect gather sense. points are random so, so there's not like out. a guaranteed route. So yeah. what I usually do if I'm trying to unlock unlock quest is I'll do like my normal routes that I already do to like if I feel like getting toads or like whatever. And then like I'll just pick up whatever I see on the way uh, instead of like going all the way out of my way to like search the whole map. Um, just I'll just do like you make along the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll just do whatever my normal route is. Pick up what I pick up along the way and then like go kill the monster. Okay. Uh, so another skill that we didn't talk about, just to pivot over back to what we were talking about a while ago, like we had a uh, status trigger, there's adrenaline rush, which is basically, if you remember from Iceborne and World, there was a thing called the evasion mantle, and it made it where when you dodge, not only did you have more iframe, so it would basically give you evade level 5, 
like evade window five was built into the mantle. You evade it super easy, but then when you did evade and you did it like really well, uh, you would get a huge attack buff that basically made everyone speedrun with the evasion mantle. That is somewhat back with this new thing called adrenaline rush, where if you evade at the perfect time, you get a nice attack increase. Um, I think even at level two, it's like plus 12 attack or some shit like that. Like it's really good. And yeah, it's a really strong skill. It's new. I never saw that before in any other game. And it kind of makes you want to dodge attacks in a way that you wouldn't have before. Like normally if I know an attack coming, I might just reposition myself altogether, not even be anywhere near the attack. Yeah. Now you're incentivized to wait and dodge at the right time to get these buffs. So I like that these are new play. Again, this is actually changing your play style. And I like that. Yeah. Um, these are, these are skills that they, they can literally change the way you play. Like you can, like, I really want to make like an, a max evade window, adrenaline rush build or something, because mm-hmm. you can be dodging attacks and you got that extra damage. And I, it's just, it's a, it'd be a cool way to play. Yeah. It's another way for DPS. So in a way, uh, gemming and evasion technically will take away from your DPS. But then if you consider that evading is linked to higher DPS, then like, are you really losing DPS like that? And when you're evading, so it's like you're, 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 you have like constant uptime on the monster instead of like reposition, getting all the way out of the, like, since you're just evading through the monster, you're attack, 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 evade, attack, attack. Like you're also possibly hitting the monster more. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I like that that changes your playstyle a bit. It also makes other skills that weren't used, like Foray. Foray is now nice. Foray mm. gives you, I think, like a 10% increase or some crazy shit, or like a plus 10 increase. It, it, it gives you a, a sizable increase on your attack and on your affinity when a monster is inflicted by a normal status or blight. And yep. so now with status trigger for Ray, that combos together. Also, Gold Raytheon has some of the most efficient armor in the fucking game. Gold Raytheon's armor is sick. It's so efficient. It's just like outrageously, like the, the number of slots and the skills that you get on it are so good. On top of that, that new skill called Defiant, which is basically agitator, but defensively, mm-hmm. it's a level one decoration, which is crack. And then at level three, it makes it where you can't hear a single roar in the game outside of Narwa's. And so it gives you high grade earplugs, high tremor resistance, high wind resistance, defense plus And like, Apex monsters, I think, because they randomly have broken roars. True. But Even though I never you don't fight, hunt them that often. I never fight them really, but you are right. Yeah. Narwa and Apex monsters, which are shit. Uh, and so it, you can't hear any monsters. As long as they're you only need level three for that though. That's cool. I didn't know. I wasn't sure exactly which level blocked the most amount of monsters. I don't know if I pinned it to our Monster Hunter Discord, but I'll pin it if I didn't. I found a chart of every roars level. Reddit is you know Reddit is useful. There's a yeah, chart. Reddit of, is shit. There's a chart of every monster's roar and what it is considered low, mid, high, or apex level. That's and cool. it tells you basically what level of earplug you need or what level of defiance you need. To not hear it. Now, I will say this. You don't even need that chart because when I read Defiance Level 3, Defiance Level 3 says nullifies all roars. Like all, it says nullifies all strong roars. And I noticed that Defiance Level 5 only said nullifies all like apex roars. So when I saw strong roars, I realized that, well, strong roar must be 99% of the monsters. Then I found that chart and I looked at the chart and I found that every monster besides Narwa is considered a strong roar. Okay. Even cool. Kizu, even like Kizu, you would expect maybe would be like a crazy roar, right? But it's not. Yeah. Or like Tiger X. Yep. You would expect Tiger X's roar to be really hot, but it's not. The only monsters that have that apex level roar 
uh, is like Narwa and like you said, the Apex monsters. That's it. Cool. So I'm a huge fan of just like all these little tidbits. Um, what else is there? Oh, so there's Adrenaline Rush, Defiance, Status Trigger, Elemental Exploit, Guts, which is just you live after you, when you would die, you would just have one HP. Oh. I, I want to say one thing. Lucid Nagakuga's armor is really fucking cool. Yep. Gold Raytheon, Silver Athelos. All their armors are really cool. They have really cool skills. They feel like they follow. Seething Basil Goose's armor is Trash. the most jank shit I've ever seen Trash. in my life. Not only is the unique skill, like, I don't know. It's trash. It's pretty bad. It 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 needs to be a lot better for what it does. But not only that, the armor itself has no direction. Like it's just random skills thrown together haphazardly. Like it doesn't feel like an armor set. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I agree. When I it's found just it, jank. I was so disappointed after unlocking because you fight Steven Bezagus the first. He's the first one in the title update. Yeah. And the first thing we do after we kill these monsters, we go right to the armor. Look at the weapons. Look at the armor. The weapons crack. Like, his weapons are actually good. I, I made his longsword immediately. I was like, holy shit, this longsword is nice. And then I got to his armor, and I stared at it for a long time, and I said, okay, so that's just nothing. Like, literally nothing. It's just nothing. Meanwhile, Lucid Nargakuga has a new skill as well called Sneak Attack. I love this skill. <laughs> sneak Attack makes it where you do extra damage to a monster if you legit sneak attack it. If you hit it from anywhere that's not directly in front of it. So if you hit it from the side or the back, you get attack plus 5%, 10%, and 12%. It says 12%, but it's actually 20%. It's a typo. Yeah. Uh, I just want to say, for everyone who understands how math works, percentage increases are not okay. And this giving you a fucking 20% increase on your attack from hitting the monster from behind is absurd, especially when some monsters are weak on their tail, like Nagakuga, for example. Like, hitting certain monsters from behind is actually where you want to be hitting them anyway. So this is so broken. and. A lot of the times in multiplayer, this is a multiplayer skill. In multiplayer, this skill is so fucking good because a lot you just won't be hitting the monster in the face all the time because the monsters change their view all yeah. the time. I have sneak attack level one, which is a 5% increase. I have that on almost every single skill, I mean build, that I use because I've now, I fit agitator five in almost all my builds. And to get agitator five, I use Lunagaran's arms and Lucent Nargakuga's chest. Lucid Nargakuga's chest comes with, like, Agitator 2 and Sneak Attack and good slots. And it might have something else on it, too. So it's like, I'm I'm using it mainly for Agitator, but I'm also getting Sneak Attack. So it's just, it's fucking awesome. Yes. And I'm looking at this little chart. I, I pinned this in our Monster Hunter group, by the way. This chart shows Defiance activates before the Enrage Roar as soon as Monster has Enraged 8. So Defiance won't even let you get affected by the Monster's Roar. Because it literally will activate when they go enraged. Like when they go enraged, they always roar. And yeah. basically, some people might wonder, like, oh, well, will I be affected by that one and then not the ones they do while they are enraged? But no, they consider that to be enraged. So you won't even be affected by that. So Defiance basically makes it where you're immune to roars almost the entire hunt except the very first roar. And honestly, most weapons have something to do against the first roar. The yeah. Switch Axe has a counter. The Greatsword has a counter. The Longsword is counter.com. The Dual Blades have a counter. The Hammer has a counter. The Light Bowgun has a counter. The Heavy Bowgun can tackle like a Greatsword now. So every weapon, I think I just named like damn all of them because yeah. other weapons can just block. So like, Even before the Greatsword had a counter, it could just tackle through the Roar or fucking Adamant Charge or Raid Slash or whatever. Yes. So like the fact that Defiance essentially means you never have to worry about Roars throughout the rest of the hunt so so good uh so yeah we got those six new skills 
And I'm, I'm just really a big fan of the idea that there's going to be more of this because they're going to release more, more monsters. In fact, on a random day we were podcasting, after the podcast, we found out that Flaming Espinosa is coming out. I don't know where. Yeah, he got announced. Like, we got done doing the podcast, and then not five minutes later, Fraser PMs me, like, what the fuck happened? And it's just a Literally video to Flaming Espinosa's reveal. And we're getting info on the next HUD update, September 15th. And my guess is that by September 30th-ish is when the update will be out. Yeah. Yeah, end of the month, I said. So, I mean, this is just crazy. Like, there's a lot happening. And I'm really, really happy with the individuality, the rolls. They also patched the reroll system. There was a reroll bug. I'll just bring it up anyway, even though it's done. But there was like a reroll bug where you could save your game, turn off autosave. And then right before you start to augment your equipment, you could use all your Amber Essences, augment it, see what it would give you. And if you didn't like it, you would restart your game without saving, go back in. And then you went to weapon augment. And then when you go to weapon augment, for some strange reason, I don't know how this even happens, no. but for some strange reason, when you go to weapon augment, it made it where it would completely randomize the table, somewhat randomize. It would randomize it, but not to a great degree, but it would move everything around so that you would get new roles and new skills as you start to augment your equipment. So basically for the first two weeks, and I almost sometimes feel like I do this shit on purpose, but for the first two weeks of this system being out, it was exploited to all hell. And like most people were able to just get their equipment exactly where they wanted it in those two weeks. And then now it's patched, so now you just have to actually expend the Amber Essence and it won't change. Um, but I'm happy that they patched it out. They also patched out the Talisman bug, which is the exact same thing. It's like, literally, you do the exact same thing I just said. You turn off autosave, you meld Talismans. If you don't get what you want, you fucking can do a quest like a Rajang in the arena, die real quick, go back in, and then it would completely change the fucking things that you get. And so now both of those have been patched out. Uh, it doesn't change anything about PC because PC players can just do what they want. But like yeah, for the Switch players, yeah. They can just flip a Switch and be like, well, these are the skills I have. Yes. So for Switch players now, as far as I understand, there's no reroll methods left. Uh, so now we just have to play the game. And that's good because now everyone is just playing the game as it was intended. Or at least I think so. Even though I swear to God, that fucking augment bug, I was like, I, they, they did this on purpose. How, do you, like, how, how did this happen? The augment bug was so weird because I remember reading about it and... The fact that nothing progressed the augments, not doing quests, uh, other than, like, going into weapon augments, and then, like, it was just simply moving the cursor in the weapon augment menu would randomize, like, move the table ahead on the armor augments. And I was like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, that yeah. is so random. Yeah, it was really random. I didn't understand it. And uh, yeah, it's done. It's funny. Our friend Medina completely missed that entire period because Medina, Medina, we all grew up the same way. We all, when we were younger, we loved all types of exploits. Rare candy. If you said you didn't do the rare candy code shit with Pokemon when you play, you're a fucking liar and you didn't have a real childhood. But pretty much every exploit that I could do when I was younger, I was all for it. And so it's funny that like one of my friends who's really big into like any kind of exploit, he like he plays the bow, which is the bow has a glitch built into it in Rise and Sunbreak. Um, and he doesn't play because of that. It's just that it's funny because he's such a like exploit kind of guy and he completely didn't play Moss Hunter for those first two weeks after the title one update. So he didn't even know about this, uh, exploit. So now he like, you know, he'll never get to do it, but it's just, it's just funny to think about, but it's gone now. And I think now it's just in such a good place where the end game is really refined. It encourages multiplayer. It encourages helping people out because if I just have for whatever reason, Bahari gives me Oh, I want you to hunt Mizutsuni. I'm also actually kind of hate fighting. But if he says that for the next four hunts, Mizutsuni will give me 
like the coin things or whatever, I'll just do Mizatsuni randomly with people. And now I'm helping people who need to do Mizatsuni because they need afflicted claws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so in a weird way, it brings people together. And I've never thought that it, they could drag me out of my uh, recluse ways. Like yeah. I just never saw them dragging me out of it. And they found a way to do it. And they did it in such a cool way that doesn't make me mad about it because I get materials that I do need and want. It's great. The system is great. That's- that's the other part that's awesome. Something that I liked about the initial idea with the talisman idea system is that you can hunt any monster, and no matter what monster you hunt, you could use them to melt talismans. If you just want to hunt Great Azuchi all day and use Great Azuchi parts to fucking make talismans, you can do it. And you can make the best talismans with Great Azuchi. Um, yep. Something that I really like about the Amber Essence system is that all of the monsters, from Great Ragi to fucking to Mizutune, they all give... Um, the Amber Essence. It doesn't matter who you hunt. So you can hunt whatever monsters you want, the monsters you're most comfortable with, or like if you're helping a friend, like if you don't need anything at all from Mizutsuna, you still get these Afflicted parts and the Amber Essences. So like when you fight an, an Afflicted Mizutsune with your friend, it's like you're still getting so much value because you get like from a normal hunt, non-three monster hunt, you can get like eight, nine Amber Essences, which for some pieces of armor will give you eight or nine augments. Yeah, it's a lot. In fact, if you do the multi-monster hunts, they give you an absurd amount of Amber Essence. Like, I'll mm. do level 100, fight three monsters, and two of monsters are regular, so they die real quick because their health is also decreased because it's a multi-monster hunt. So they have, like, no health. And on top of that, at the end, you get, like, legit, I've gotten upwards of 40 Amber Essence sometimes. Like, I've gotten literally... Three stacks of nine, which is straight up 27, and then a bunch of like the other amber essences too. So, like, if you add all of it together, it'll be like, Yeah, I got 40 amber essence, like yep. in general. And it's just, I'm like, Holy shit, and, like that's so much. And most of the armor in the game only cost one prime amber essence in order to augment it. Yes, rarity 10 armor, you need two prime amber essence, which is the best one in order to do it, but. I mean, I honestly think in title update two or three, we're going to get a prime Amber Essence Plus, and it'll just make upgrading Rarity 10 armor even easier. Yeah. I really, really, really like this update. I think it was really good, and I can't wait to see what they do next. Uh, that being said, where are we as far as time? So we're at an hour and 40 minutes. I think it's time to wrap up in that case. Mm-hmm. We do have some listener letters that I'll do in the next episode of the podcast, because uh, we don't have a real topic for next episode. Yeah, we can just do a Kenny and Fraser classic where we just rant. Yeah, let's do that because also we'll have three episodes of House of the Dragon to talk about by that time next Wednesday or Thursday, I guess, when it releases to you guys. But next Thursday, we can talk about House of the Dragon because we didn't talk about episode two at all. And then episode three, which looks fucking crack. We both got spoiled on it because that shit started playing immediately. But episode three looks like it's going to be absolutely nuts. So I'm sure Kenny will have seen episode three by Wednesday. Mm-hmm. and. We can talk about that a little bit. It won't be the main focus, but we'll talk about it. We'll do the listener letters and we'll, we have some other things. We're going to do a Digimon episode soon with Cordero. Um, we have some other Yu-Gi-Oh guests coming this month. So yeah, we have a, we have a ton of topics still to talk about, but uh, yeah, I'm going to give a shout out to the people over on our Patreon. So this is a great time to join the Patreon if you're not a part of it already, because they charge you at the beginning of the month. And since it's like right now, September 5th, when you're hearing this, uh, still at the beginning of the month, and we have uh, literal episodes that only come out on Patreon. You cannot hear them anywhere else. And our last one was on Car Game Theory, which was voted on by the people in our Discord server. So they literally chose, I put up a poll of things from our podcast suggestions channel. I turned that into a poll. 
and they voted on it. And the thing that won was card game theory. The thing that got second place was things we wish we knew when we were younger, aka life advice. And I really want to talk about that. So that'll be the exclusive episode for the month of September because I'm just, I just really want to talk about that. That's a really cool thing to talk about. Uh, so, anyways, without further ado, we have Connie, Austin, Leon, Quest, Garrett, Xavier, Hylian, TCG Automotive, Dimitri Barnes, Alexander Brissett, Vinny Casello, Alex Flamers, Henri Reynolds, CJ, Dub K Dad One. Uh, Dan Varabel, Dennis Milburn, Joseph Marcello, First to Home, Dales Fernares, Estadacuma, Mitchell Niles, Midwest Gaming, William Shapiro, Dimitri Safirdis, Vince Marquette, Dallas Bailey, Biz, Roz Weiss, Nick Stengel, Scott Palera, Hansel Aguerrero, our two-time national champion, Vincent Zen, Sarah Maria, Sonny at the Top Cut Podcast, and Alex Ahern. Thank you guys so much for joining the podcast. We really appreciate it. As I always say, it goes a long way. Uh, also, shout out to Dank Ritual which is run by uh, Saw at Dabbers Gaming Cafe. You know, they just sent me a two-player cloth mat that is so outrageously soft on the front and the back. Whatever material you just chose, Saw, for this, on the back is fucking insane. Like, I love it. It feels so good. So, you know, like the OG Spellgrounds, the front, obviously, the, place, the part that you play on is really soft. But then the back of it is also insanely soft. And I feel like, for years, people have tried to replicate that and everything has just been like weird materials that don't feel that good. The back of these new Dank Ritual mats is so nice and soft. I can't wait. I just got it yesterday. I can't wait to go to locals on Thursday and play Edison format with that mat. And this is not me even just shilling. I genuinely like this mat. It's like this really nice cream color, like a really, really light tan color. It's so nice. So I think it's considered ivory. Anyway, if you want to see what I'm talking about, go on DankRitual.com and check it out. Uh, but yes, as I always say, guys, do the things that make you happy, including enjoying Moss Hunter's new endgame, which I think may be the best endgame that Moss Hunter's ever had. I um I couldn't have said it better myself, considering this is the only one that I've played this much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're out. <laughs>